right, everybody, welcome back to the Canadian Rec. Happy 2021, happy new year. Uh, this is Jamie Gray, and uh, very lucky today we get Cindy Nellis joining us. Cindy is uh, back row, second row for Team Canada. She got 19 caps at the moment. Uh, she earned a civil engineering degree while playing 40 years at McMaster University. She's currently playing for Canterbury in New Zealand, where she just scored the winning try for the Fair Palmer Cup. I shouldn't say just, it was back in November, and uh, her season play in that game helped her uh, get a stint with New Zealand Barbarians as they, uh, as they played against the Black Ferns, which was uh, really cool. And she was also 2015 University Women's Player of the Year. So Cindy will be coming up very soon. Just a little plug contact information twitter at canadian rock instagram the underscore canadian underscore rock facebook at the canadian rock and our email is the canadian rock at gmail.com always open if you have suggestions if you have thoughts if you have any comments you want me to ask some of my guests love to hear from you um, remember though uh, to watch we're on youtube to listen we're on spotify itunes google Podcasts, and Castbox. make sure you're watching listening follow subscribing and sharing the messages which is awesome and lastly, we have our own website, thecanadianrock.weebly.com. You'll find a host of information there. Uh, great little starting point if you're trying to find specific things. It's a, it's a great little, little tool for you. Uh, in rugby news, uh, not a lot. Um, not a lot happening here that I thought was worthy. One thing, though, what I thought was, uh, you, you tell me, is this funnier series? In a France D2 game over the weekend, a, a, a player was red carded. Take a watch. And uh, oh, keep hitting the wrong one. Just take a look and uh, let me know your thoughts here. So as you can see, Team in White wins. This big bloke here celebrates with uh, lifting the ref. Ref gives him a nice red card for that. It's the end of the match. Game's over. And uh, that's, uh, that, that was determined that he needs a red card. Is it red card worthy? hands on an official maybe some hint of collusion during the match i don't know maybe it was just jubilation from the win either way in my opinion i don't think you can be doing this you can't be celebrating or with the ref uh doesn't send a really nice message sure you're excited but why lift the ref why not just grab one of your teammates and lift one of them either way uh buddy's red carded <laughs> i don't think he was too happy about it. he had that little smirking laugh on but uh it is what it is ref taking the red card and he is gone Interesting. Interesting, I guess. Um, locally, Major League Rugby training camps are starting very soon. We want to wish the best to all our players um, that are starting up, uh, especially particularly those who we've had on as, as past guests, and there's been a number of them on. Uh, we just wish you, uh, we want you to stay healthy. We want you to play well and hard. And we want you to avoid the COVID down in the States, um, in Toronto, because it's uh, uh, it's still it's still running rampant. And, and, and speaking of that, things have been getting worse in the Maritimes uh, and throughout Canada. COVID's been on an uptick. Um, we've been seeing a lot of uh, outbreaks after the Christmas season's been over. Uh, a lot of people, you know, having going to gatherings and things like that. And it, we're starting to see the effects of that now. UK is still getting hit hard. US is still getting hit hard. New Zealand, however, has recently declared COVID free. Um, great on them. Uh, they, they've been doing a great job. One of our soon upcoming guests is an expert in COVID. Uh, we're going to have Dr. Robert Strang, who's the chief medical advisor for the province of Nova Scotia. He also played for Rugby Canada back in the 80s, which is a really, uh, really neat tie-in. 
and he's going to be on here shortly. Uh, we're still trying to line up a date to chat, but it should be coming up soon. Uh, it should be a really interesting combo between uh, with Dr. String and myself talking about rugby and maybe a little bit about COVID. I don't know if we'll get into that or not, but uh, it should be it should be a good talk. Anyway, uh, that's enough from me. Now you're going to get to hear from Cindy Nellis. So Canadian Ruck welcomes uh, Canadian icon who's playing down in New Zealand right now and working as well. Uh, we welcome Cindy Nellis to the Ruck, uh, the Ruck This Pod. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you for uh, for showing up. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. I want to get right into this because small town girl, Belleville, Ontario, you're now playing, working in New Zealand. Talk to us about how you got involved in rugby. I mean, you, you, you earned a civil engineering degree at McMaster while you're playing rugby. How did, how did all that transpire? That can't be simple. I mean, a civil engineering degree on its own is painstakingly hard, yet oh, I'm going to play rugby as well and, you know, I'll toil with the <laughs> national team. How did, that, how did that all come out? Well, first of all, I'll say I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> but I also, I had people tell me like, oh, you can't do it. You can't do engineering and rugby. And I was like, what? What are they talking about? Like, I'll be fine. I can do it. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And then once I got there, I realized that I just needed to enjoy, take, take it easy and not overdo it. So um, usually engineering is squished into four years and I spread mine out over five. I was like five years of eligibility, five years of engineering. Seems like it's going to work out for me. Um, so yeah, that really enabled me to actually learn um, the content as well, which I think a, a lot of people get through engineering and then they go, what did I just learn? And then um, dive into work and then relearn it again. So I was pretty fortunate in the fact that I was able to actually take time to learn and then also balance my rugby with that. <laughs> so how did you get started before you got to university? Like, were you playing high school there in Belleville or were you playing like women's league? What was there high school teams? Yeah. So um, I started with the Belleville Bulldogs. They had a touch um, rugby league for kids, like, you know, kind of grade four to eight. So like 10 to 13 years old, kind of um, it started by Pete Herkus, I believe. Um, and so, yeah, I played touch rugby before I got to high school. So that gave me a nice competitive edge. Um, once I got to high school, I was like, okay, I've seen this ball before. I know those, some of these rules. Um, so then when I was in high school, all I had to do was piece in the tackle. Uh, and then, yeah, off to the races from there. Um, in high school, I, um, in the Belleville area, they have junior and senior. I know in some areas in Ontario, they just have varsity like kind of the whole years nine to 12 playing on one team but we had a junior and senior so it was kind of a nice way too to kind of get my feet under me play junior and then when I got to grade 11 then play um, senior from there um, and then yeah I started at number eight and played eight throughout university or for throughout high school um, and when I was after my first year so after grade nine I um, was playing rugby in the summer instead of soccer. So I used to play soccer in the summers. And then once I discovered rugby, I was like, oh, I could play rugby. And so I signed up for the under, or the under 19 team um, my first summer. And then the next summer after that, I tried out for the Ontario U17 team. I played women's rugby as well as under 19 so I pretty much had rugby six days a week and I loved it it would be 
Monday I had under 19s and then Tuesday and Thursday was women's Wednesday was more under 19s Friday was off but I worked a part-time job at McDonald's so I was really wasn't off and then um, Saturday is a rugby day so we had a game and then Sunday would be Ontario so it was full on and I just loved every minute of it that's all it sounds like you you kind of fell for it as soon as you touched a rugby ball back in like the middle school ages Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was just, just so much fun. Kept going. So, uh, before we get to the next question, I just um, some people watch this on YouTube, some just listen. But if you're watching on YouTube, if you notice over Cindy's left shoulder, she felt a little. That's um, right. Yeah, that's the perfect way. <laughs> uh, she she made her own little Canadian Ruck logo with a little heart. So that, that's the first time that's happened. That's awesome. And she's in New Zealand and she's wearing her Canadian plaid. Like, I mean, you can't get any more Canadian than this. So this is awesome. So if you're listening, yeah. make sure you make sure you watch this one too on YouTube. So yeah, check it out. I got a bit jealous of your uh, nice poster in the background. So <laughs> I had to come up with my own <laughs> impromptu swag. Great banner supplied by Eastern Art Supplies in St. John, New Brunswick. If you need some art supplies, that's where you go. Nice little plug for my buddy Coin. All right. <laughs> I, wanna, I want you to walk us through a first cap. I read a bit of an article there, but I want to hear it from your words because I read that you had like two days to make it to France for a, for a match back in like 2014 for your first test cap. Okay. So my first cap was actually um, in a Can-Am camp. So I'd done a couple of training camps with the um, senior women's team kind of when I was like 18, 19, 20. Um, and so I'd done a couple of training camps and that was when um, John Tate was the head coach. And then they switched head coaches and Francois Rattier became head coach. And then I didn't get invited to the next kind of camp. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess maybe I'm not as good as I was hoping I could be here. Maybe they don't want to develop me and they've got different plans, like kind of shrug my shoulders um, and just kind of carry on. And then my coach at university, um, Sean Allen, actually said, oh, like, you don't know Francois. Okay, well, like, I'll make sure that I introduce you. We'd gone out to um, BC for the sevens, like university sevens championship that year. And he's like, okay, I'll make sure like that I introduce you. So at least you have a name to the face and whatever happens, happens. I was like, okay. And so I introduced myself, said, hi, nice to meet you. This is kind of who I am and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, yeah, nice to meet you. I'll like, keep an eye out for you. And, you know, that's like a nice way for coaches to just be like, another name, another face, sure, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> And so I didn't expect anything of that. But then um, I just played well that tournament. And then um, later on he was like, okay, we'd like to invite you to come out to the training camp in April. And I was like, oh, great, like, that's awesome. Like, I'm just happy to be getting better at rugby. Like, I don't expect anything, but I just want to be playing at a high level and like just getting better. And so, um, so then I go out to training camp and it's a Can-Am series. So we have two games against the Americans at Shawnigan Lake School. And um, first game, they pick the team and I'm not on that roster and I was like okay this is fine yeah like support the girls like we have you know so many players here so I'm just like again grateful for the opportunity to be training with these players. So how old were you like were you still in university? Um, yeah I was still in university it was 2014 so I was early 2014 so I was still 20 turning 21 kind of later that year and so yeah still young uh, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things and um yeah, so then I was like, okay, uh, just grateful to be here. Watch the game. The girls beat the Americans. It was awesome. I was like, yes, great day for Canada. <laughs> and um, 
And so then there's, I guess, an injury in the game. And so then I got named to the next game uh, on the roster. And I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Like, this is it. This is the moment. And then, yeah, so then I got in against the Americans and we scraped out a win. And I remember I only played for like maybe 10 minutes and it's the most exhausting thing. You're like, I thought I was playing fast rugby when we were playing inter-squad games. And then it just like the speed picks up a level and you're like, oh my God, this is so much faster. Like, I can't think this fast. I can't move this fast. Like, everything is just happening. Um, and so, yeah, we, like, in the first game against the Americans, we, I think, pumped them, like, many tries to a few. And then the next game, it was, like, 14-12 or something, like, real close, real nail-biter. And we were like, oh, man, like, <laughs> are we even going to be able to pull this one out? And so, um, yeah, I was just really grateful to have that experience and, like, be in that environment and with those players at that time. That's awesome. That's, a, that's really cool. Cause you're watching and, and then you get thrown into the second game when it's so tight and you're probably a little nervous. Like, are you sure coach, you sure you want me to go in, but yeah. you hung on. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so that was, that was in about April of 2014. And then um, later that year we did a tour to New Zealand. And again, I wasn't selected and I was like, upset because I was like oh but like I played in the last game so like surely I should be on the team now um but as injuries go people heal and so um so yeah so I was like oh I didn't get selected I was pretty bummed out and I was like okay well you know I'm just like doing my thing it's summer whatever um and then like a week before they leave they go um so would you like to come down to New Zealand with us there's been an, another injury or like the injury didn't heal whatever and so I was just like oh uh yeah and so I called my work and I was working at the um athletics center at McMaster and I just called them I was like so I'm gonna go down to New Zealand for three weeks in about a week from now so I'm just gonna have to give away all my shifts and they're like okay <laughs> have fun <laughs> um so I was pretty fortunate that I could be flexible uh, in that moment um and then yeah again that tour was awesome it was like so great to get down to New Zealand and experience the culture and see kind of what the like mecca of rugby is all about um, and we played against two games against New Zealand and one against Australia I believe Ooh, I think that was that tour yeah I'm gonna say that yeah 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 lock it in <laughs> and um, yeah it was just again another opportunity and me just being doe-eyed and just absolutely just like amazed to be there and just so excited to have that experience. Um, and so then come back and then again, they go to name the World Cup roster. And I think I got a call from Gary Ducolo saying like, yeah, sorry, like unfortunately you aren't being selected for the World Cup. And again, I was disappointed because I was like, oh, but I've played, like I've played a few games. Look, I can do it. You guys trust me. It's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I was like, oh, damn, okay, well. I guess I have years ahead of me, so just keep plugging away. Um, and then I remember it was during um, nationals, we were in Ottawa, and it was like, you know, provincial teams were all just hanging out watching the World Cup happening in France. We're watching the game, and I remember watching, I think they were playing Spain first, and I remember watching going, oh, there's an early substitution. I was like, I wonder if there's been an injury. And then I was like, I wonder if they'll call me. And I was like, nah, probably not. Okay. And then I kept watching, enjoyed the game. I was like, yeah, like the girls did so well. It's so awesome. And then um, later that day, 
I got a phone call from Meg Howitt, um, Howie, and she just said, hey, Cindy, how's it going? Um, would you like to join us in France in about three days? I was like, yep, yeah, I could, I could be there, yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, then like three days later, I was on a plane to France to go join up with the girls. And uh, yeah, again, same thing with work. I was like, so I am giving up all my shifts again. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and yeah, it was just such a whirlwind. And then it was cool too, because like, my dad and sister were able to also drop everything and just come over to watch the games as well. So it was really cool to have them come over and be able to support me as well and, and experience that too. So that was a yeah whirlwind of a few months there for you. Mm-hmm. And that 2014 squad, uh, Silford, which is, it was amazing. I remember watching that semifinal game against France. Like I still have visions of Megaly Harvey scoring that beautiful try and everything. Mm-hmm. Talk to us, I guess, a little bit about, I guess, your time there in France, kind of last minute, you didn't get a chance to really prep. You were, you know, the nerves might not have been there, but then 2017, you're in Ireland and you're with the team throughout. What was the atmosphere like at those? And how was it, I guess, for you, two completely different scenarios for you? I mean, you were 20, 21 and 2014, and you know, 24, 25 and 2017, a little more wise, things like that. What was the differences like? What were some expectations you placed upon yourself? Um, Yeah, so for me personally, I know like it was a bit hard because I like kind of parachuted in halfway through the tournament in 2014. So I, again, come in fresh and like doe-eyed. I'm like, hey guys, how's it going? What's going on? And they're all like, you know, two weeks, three weeks already there. And they're kind of like starting to feel the grind of being away from home and not being in your usual routine. And so... um, I was a bit, you know, taken aback being like, okay, like you need to dial it back. You need to calm down a bit and just kind of like give the team what they need. Um, And so I, bless her little soul, but I I ended up coming in for Barbara Mervyn and she'd broken her hand and I, like, she's just a legend. She's an absolute beauty. And I just remember I come up (laughs) and she's like in her room kind of like packing up her things or whatever or like we were talking and the way she'd broken her hand it looked like she was giving someone the finger and I was like oh Barbara it's kind of funny it looks like you're giving someone the finger she just goes oh yeah and like I was like oh god I've crossed a line here like I gotta go and I just felt so bad for her because it was like that was the end of her like world cup run that was it for her and so I was just like oh my god like I'm so sorry. Like, I just couldn't backpedal out of the situation fast enough. And so, um, but yeah, credit to her. She's just an absolute beauty and was just like, yeah, sorry. I was just in a dark place. Like, it's all good. And I just, it was definitely a very um, difficult place for me to be in in that tournament because you go into it hoping to get an opportunity to play, hoping to get field time or a shot, you know, hoping to have a chance. Um, But then in reality, you kind of know that it's like you know you're this far down the depth chart right now and like it's the world cup they're not here to like grow players they're here to perform this is like where we need to peak and so um it was funny because every game Francois would come by and say like you know you're not playing this game sorry like you're not dressing and every time I would be really upset and I was like you know this is coming like why does this still make you so upset but it's because you want that chance so badly and you want that opportunity um and so for me, that was like a really, um, I want to say humbling process because 
it just allows you to acknowledge like, okay, yeah, you've got a lot of growing to do still, and you've got a lot of work to do still, and you're still here, you still have these opportunities, but you need to work. And like, now is not necessarily your time. Like, keep pushing, keep focused, and like, just stay optimistic. Um, so that was kind of like 2014. And then um, 2017 was different. Um, it was another tricky year for me because I'd come back from injury. So 2016, I was out with injury. Um, I'd done my ACL at the end of 2015 and then got surgery early 2016. And so I was out for that whole year. I missed the summer and I missed the fall tour. I was really hoping to get back for fall tour, but I put too much pressure onto myself and didn't feel comfortable. So as soon as I bowed out of that, I was able to like really alleviate some stress I'd been putting on myself. Um, but then, yeah, coming back into the fold in 2017 was another kind of like zero to a hundred kind of situation where it's like, you know, you come in in the spring and you're doing your Can-Am training camp. And that one was quite ruthless because I remember we were at the end of the training camp and we'd done a week at Seanigan and then we were doing, going to go down to San Diego for a week and play against the Americans. And so it was at the lot, just before the last training, Francois read out the roster of who was going to San Diego and who was staying. And so it didn't really give players any time to process if they had or hadn't been selected. And I remember there was a lot of emotions going on and they had essentially five minutes to get their act together and then get out and train and do what's best for the team. Um, so it was a very scary, <laughs> scary time to be <laughs> at, um, in that training camp. But um, yeah, so fortunately I was able to go down to the States and um, have a shot against the Americans and then yeah pick up from there and it was very similar kind of to the 2014 build up where we had games against Americans and then we went down to New Zealand and then we went off to World Cup and so um, I think that for myself I know that I wanted 2017 to be a much different tournament than 2014 for me in a sense that I wanted to be at my best and I wanted to be on the field so um, yeah it was just it was very different um, two different experiences altogether for you. Mm -hmm. How yeah. can you, how yeah. can you use that? I guess looking forward, this is a little, little bit ahead, but looking forward to 2021 in New Zealand and you've got that experience of 2014, as, as you said, a doe-eyed youngster to 2017 grinding it out 2021, you know, you'll be a little bit wiser, a uh, little more uh, awareness on the pitch, things like that. What are you doing? what can you do, I guess, for that 2021 squad? Like, what can I provide or what yeah. am I, like, what do I hope is my like vibe from it when I <laughs> come out of there? All of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm hoping to bring is like expertise. Like I want to be at my peak, but not just like my personal peak. I want to be like the global standard almost of an international lock. And so I, think that being able to train in New Zealand and actually having games this year and playing has been a really good experience for me and like it sucks that there's been no rugby at home this year it's been really difficult um, but for myself getting able to getting to be a part of the Fair Palmer Cup and getting to be able to play high quality rugby games this year um, has really been able to put me on the front foot and so 
um, I'm really hoping that I can, yeah, bring that kind of experience and yeah, expertise. Um, that's that's what I'm aiming for at least. So 2021 World Cup, uh, they had the uh, the pool drawing uh, last week, I think, and lo and behold, you're in with America. What does that mean? I mean, you've got, I think, Asia one and Europe one are the other two teams in your pool, in your pool, in your pod. Um, yeah. But USA, like huge rivals. What, mm, what, what, I love it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because the way the, the pools kind of worked out, everyone's kind of stuck with their neighbor. It's like France and England, um, Australia, New Zealand, and us in America. So everyone's kind of stuck with their like biggest rivals, like, the, you know, <laughs> team that you dread playing the most, but also play the most often <laughs> um so i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be a great matchup and i can't wait um and then yeah europe one i mean it's kind of hard because our pool is still so ambiguous we've got europe one which i assume will be ireland unless you know italy yeah, or spain it. or scotland pull up their socks yeah um and then i think it's either asia one or it's like the repechage so again just another big question mark um it's cool because being down in New Zealand, uh, I've got to meet some of the girls that play on the Samoa team and they just made it into the repertoire tournament. So I'm like, come on, Samoa, let's go. Like, <laughs> you got this, girls. But yeah, again, it still leaves a lot of question marks, but I'm really looking forward to that bash up. It's going to be such a good, such a good game. <laughs> It'll be awesome. And the, and the other two, the, the Europe one for sure, is going to be, you won't know for a little while because they've had to keep delaying that, uh, that tournament, right? So... I think they're aiming for February and try to try and get it played now, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one of those things that's going to be up in the air, and you just hope that they can solve something sooner rather than later. But, yeah. I mean, for us, like, the prep doesn't really change. Like, we still know that we've got to come in in our best form and be ready to take on anyone, anytime. You want to, you want to be able to dictate the games and make them come to you and not you go to them, right? So exactly exactly yeah. so i mean it's going to be hard for us because you you're going to want to like kind of get some background information on the teams but yeah at the same time there's not a lot of games to get background information on and the way rugby goes things change quickly like so you yeah. know one week a team's doing something the next week they're not so you really can't watch too many games in the past to like read up on what your teams are going to be doing but i think playing against america like it's going to be a really good game and I think we play pretty similar style too so I think that will be um, really good to like kind of have someone that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you in that regard yeah it's definitely gonna be fun to watch yeah you talk about the fair Palmer Cup and uh, we're gonna we'll get to that right now we're, I want to want to play that in this we just had a line out and we lost it so the hookers overthrown it and Waikato have the ball and so there's like 20 seconds left in the game, and we managed to turn it over. And I remember talking to her, Georgia Ponson, the after, and she was like, I was so lucky I got that turnover because I'd overthrown the ball, and all they had to do was hit up, and they would have just been able to kick it out. But instead, we turned it over, built a couple phases, and we got so close to the line. And I remember thinking here, I was like, Kendra better see this gap because I see this big gap in front of me. And then she, um, it's actually right after this one. I was like, I see a gap. There's a player between me and Kendra. And she misses her and hits me. And I was like, oh, thank God she passed me. Because I was like, if we don't get this, like, it's over for us. And so you can see now I'm actually folded in half on the bottom of that pile. <laughs> yeah, I, think you're so, like, I, don't know, I don't know how you get up there. 
I just like, love I the like, excitement. Oh, don't tear him. Don't tear him. For the fourth straight year. Yeah, it was. I like that was out of movies. Like I've never been in a game that like close and that intense where you win in the last play in the 81st minute. Um, so yeah, it was pretty exceptional game. I mean, to be fair, I did celebrate at least three tries that game before we actually scored a try. So I was like, about time. I gave you guys a chance to be the hero and you didn't take it. So I guess I'll do it. <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, I just love the jubilation on, on all your teammates faces as you're celebrating and people getting crushed on the bottom of that pile. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. as an, as an old, I mean, you know, I'm 44. I'm thinking, oh, I'm not getting up from that. <laughs> all of you yeah. Did. Um, yeah. And like the other thing too, is like, I remember thinking in that game, I was like, probably around the 70th minute. I was like, you know what we've lost it's okay we're still gonna have a good night you know the girls have a three-peat they don't need a four-peat it's fine like whatever and so I think once I flushed that kind of like expectation of like the future and focused back on the present it actually allowed me to play better rugby (laughs) and so I was like oh I should probably try doing that more often play a little sports psychology on yourself there yeah, sports like would be real proud of me. I think Summer Christie so. probably be real proud. <laughs> what's What's it like being an outsider playing in the land of rugby, a Canadian playing down in in uh, Kiwiville? <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty good to be honest. I definitely took um, my time wading into the waters. I didn't want to turn up and go, oh, I think I'm so good at rugby. I'm going to do this and that and tell them how it is. Cause I'm like, that is going to go down like a ton of bricks. Like they're just going to be like, okay, lady, goodbye. You can go back to your homeland immigration. Yeah. Come pick her up. Like, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I was like, okay, you know, the first year that I got here, I just kind of played club and learned how they think about rugby and really just tried to, take in what their views are and how they think of the game and the little differences and nuances that they um, have down here versus back home. Um, And then the first season that I was on the Canterbury team, I kind of did the same thing. I kind of like stood back and kind of took things in and listened to people more than I spoke. And so I think that really helped me going forward into the next year as well. Um, This year, I definitely feel like I stepped into more of a leadership role in a sense of just like taking on a few more responsibilities that I didn't in my rookie season. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there are definitely differences in the way they think about the game down here in a sense that just like the average player knows so much more about rugby and the average player is watching more rugby and talking about it more often and just really that much more involved in it. And I think, um, I think that the way they have it set up down here for provincial rugby is a lot better than we have it back home in a sense that it's like a weekly game and you have time to like review tactics and go to back to the drawing board and really reevaluate and like do that kind of trial and error process and really hone in on what you want to um, do each week. And so I've really, really um, valued that process. I think um, back home, they do a good job with that at the university level. And then once you're done university, they kind of leave you to your own devices. And then the kind of development aspect of rugby doesn't really prevail and it's more just about um game and that's it and it's not really about that development of the rugby knowledge and the background and the kind of building of a team almost yeah so i uh, really good down here 
you say that I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of great guests on. And one of the ones was Sam Kane. He was on earlier with Tyler Ardron and it was two days. Be, I, I chatted with him two days before he got selected as captain. So he knew that obviously going in, but he didn't, he didn't spill the, spill the bag there, but um, he and I and Lachlan Boshier chatted for five or six minutes before Tyler got on. And it was, uh, I mean, you know, I'm a Canadian. I know my rugby, but not to the extent he and Lachlan were just making small chat with me and I'm like scribbling notes. I'm like, Oh yeah, look at, that's great. <laughs> that's a great idea. But, it, but it was, it was interesting because it's the land of rugby. And as, as we're getting ready, um, they're, they're, they're quarantining together with their girlfriends. Like, so the four of them are there and he's got this beautiful house and he's got their laptop set up and he keeps checking over his shoulder and he keeps adjusting. And I realized he had a game on the background and he wanted part of that in the video. I was like, well, he's done this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the New Zealand thing, talk to us about that barbarian selection. That was cool. Like a lot of great experiences. Tough loss in that second game. I think you only lost by two. The first game, it was a little bit more. I think it was a twenty-point spread. But how excited was? How excited were you to get that that call for that selection? And then, and then those two wicked matches, like barbarians, is a it's an amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah, it was honestly so cool it was such a good experience and I'm just so grateful that I got to be there and was able to be a part of that team um I was joking actually like kind of the week before the selections were announced and like players because a bunch of the girls on the Canterbury team got called to go for the probables versus possibles like the kind of black ferns training camp um, so they were all talking about going and their selections and la la la. And I was just joking, being like, haha, I imagine if I was like called up to the team, haha, that'd be so funny, la la la. And then, um, yeah, later that week, I got a phone call from our SNC coach and she was like, um, so are you available during these times? Like, do you think you could talk to work and see if you could get the time off? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I will do that right now. And like, immediately went and talked to my manager. I was like, so what do we think about time off? Um, but yeah, it was honestly like, I was ecstatic. I was just like, yes, two more weeks of great rugby. You sign me up, please. Yeah, I'll be there. And I mean, for me, it's been, I think since May, 2019. So that's like what, over a year and a half ago where before, like that was the last time I was away for a rugby training camp kind of thing like that, where it's like, you're just focused on rugby and nothing else. So, um, for me, it's been a while and it was kind of refreshing to kind of step back in and be like right this is how it all works great yep check still still got it still can handle it my body can still handle two-a-day training sessions okay great <laughs> um so yeah it was just it was unreal and like I don't know the girls like were so welcoming I didn't feel like an outsider I didn't feel like other I felt like part of the team and I think that um it was definitely interesting because um the way it works is they had a week of kind of black ferns training camp so I wasn't invited to that and then um the week after that was the barbarians and then the black friends kind of split off and so um the first day that i showed up i'm showing up all excited because i'm like yay i just get to be here this is so great but meanwhile i'm with all the girls that had just got cut from the black friends so there's a bit of dark feelings in the room and so again same thing of just like me not reading the room turning up yeah real excited and not nah. <laughs> so I think um, it was good for me to kind of show up and be like, right, 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 rein it in. And then go through that kind of process of building that team with them because a lot of them hadn't played together before either. Like, so it was 
kind of nice for us to have those few days to kind of build, but it did kind of put us behind. So like our first game against the Black Ferns, you could see we were still getting our feet. We were still trying to figure out how each other plays together. And so I think those kind of two day or two of us kind of being a bit sour at the start did kind of put us behind a couple of days, but um, like, you know, at the end of that two weeks, we really came together as a team. And it, it really did remind me of like Canadian rugby, like going away with the Canadian team. Cause like you turn up and you know, you haven't seen these girls in good couple months and then you throw it together in about five days and you play against some of the best in the world. And so um, I'm like, yeah, this feels just like home. Like this is <laughs> very familiar to me. So for me, it was just, you were ready, but they might not have been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but it was interesting too, because a lot of the players on that team were much younger. So you had like, I think our, um, our 10 was 17 years old. And so like, there's some really young players on that team. So it was a little bit, interesting for me to kind of have to step into that and be like okay oh I'm actually one of the like mature players kind of driving the team culture almost which is not a place that I'm very familiar with because I'm used to showing up and everyone's already on the same page we already know like tick 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 this is how it goes and so for me to show up me like oh people don't know that like you need to be early to meetings you don't show up late like you need to be in the proper kit and you know follow all these rules and show up to meeting times prepared with your books um so it was little things like that that I was like oh right okay like I can tell you that let's let's go yeah so <laughs> it was interesting that's neat all right so Cindy we're at our section where we do our quick fire okay. and you said you listen to a couple pods so you know the questions there might be a few new ones I'm not sure so yeah. we'll see um wait one second on the um did you get a chance to watch either of the the games the Black Ferns no games? I couldn't find a clip anywhere Okay, I'll have to send you a sneaky link. But um, if you do watch, um, or I guess another good one to check out would be the Black Ferns um, Instagram page. But um, me being a stupid, ignorant <laughs> foreigner in this country, I was like grumbling and being like, oh, the Hakka, like... What oh, did you do? Why, why do they need to do... No, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I was just like grumbling to myself, being like, oh. And then... This is probably going to be one of those things that I put my foot in my mouth and then I'm like, yo, can you cut this out after? But <laughs> anyhow. Um, so yeah, me being the foreigner going, oh, the Hakka, like, okay, well, I'll stand here and watch it. And I think part of me is just a bit jealous that Canada doesn't have something interesting to do in response, like something meaningful to do. And so I just am like, from my Canadian experience is I stand on the 10 meter line and I look like a dummy. And that's about all you can do to the response. Um, but being here in New Zealand, getting to learn about the like Maori culture and learning about what it means to them, and then getting to experience the haka in a not so formal way. Like when it's an international match, they have a lot of rules, you know, you can't cross the 10 meter line, all that good stuff. But because this wasn't an international match, they could do what they wanted. And so in the second game, they started at the half and advanced to us on our 10 meter line. So if you actually check out the, um, I think the Black Friends Instagram page has a, a clip of it showing them advancing and us advancing to meet them. And I think in that moment, it made me really appreciate the challenge and what the Hakka represents and that they were inviting us to a challenge and that they were wanting us to bring a good game. And so I just remember standing there thinking, 
oh, okay, it's going to be like that. Yeah, let's go. Like, let's actually this do this. Real. You guys want a challenge? We'll bring a challenge. And, it was. and so that really shifted it for me. And I'm like very much more appreciative of it and very much more grateful for it. And I was like, okay, like this actually has merit and this actually has value. I'm going to take a look there when we're done. I'll see if I can find that. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely worth a watch. If I can find it, I'll add it in. How's that? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So let's, let's jump into our quick fire. Yeah. Best team you've ever faced. I think I know the answer. Yeah. It's going to be the Black Ferns, but yeah. it's going to be the Black Ferns of 20, I'm going to say 2017. 2017? Yeah. Okay. Lock it in. <laughs> <laughs> best player you ever faced oh um i'm gonna say kendra coxedge okay who's the toughest player you ever faced and when i ask that i mean the person that you're look you look up it's a 1v1 and you're just praying that they knock the ball on or they trip or something Oof. um i'm gonna say latoya blackwood because okay. When she runs with the ball, she doesn't step. Or she does, but she steps into you, <laughs> not away from you. What's the best match you were ever a part of? Oh, so many to choose from. <laughs> do you go international? Do you go, yeah. you know, like, get oh, McMaster? So okay. No, I'm going to go with just the most recent one that's on my mind. Um, and I'm going to say... To be honest, the Barbarians versus Black Ferns, our second game was a pretty big match. Um, and then maybe before that would be the Canterbury versus Waikato final. So those if are you, my top two in recent memory. If you can find that, uh, that second match of the Barbarians game, send me the link. I'd like to watch that. Yeah, I'll see what I can, see what I can finagle. <laughs> What's your favorite rugby tradition? Uh... I love the nominating the man of the match and the boat race that ensues. Yes. And those are good ones. Yeah. Who's the best team you've played with? I mean, it's got to be Canada, but in terms of like structure of season and timing, it's going to be Canterbury. Okay. I think yeah. that's reasonable. Yeah. What's your nickname? Uh, I've gotten a couple good ones actually recently. Um <laughs> One of the girls last week was, or um, yeah, one of the girls on the Barbarians tour was calling me Big Loon because <laughs> <laughs> I taught her how to do that stupid loon call that you do with your hands. Can you and, do that? Um, I want to hear, let's hear it. Yeah, okay. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. It's, it's better not than quite, I can do. Yeah. Um, so she was you've, calling me Big Loon. <laughs> you've been away from Canada for too long, I think. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, oh, I need to maintain my Canadian citizenship somehow. Like, all I can do is wear plaid and do the loom call. Like, what go. do I have left? There's no Timmy's here. I can't get poutine. What's, <laughs> you know, I gotta earn my stripes. Um, but I've got Big Loon, Canadian Crusher. Um, before that, I had CN Tower. Um, <laughs> and then my personal favorite is. Cindy the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> it's, a a mouthful, it's a lot to say, but it's a clever one. <laughs> yeah, not really nicknames per se. Like, they don't really shorten anything, but yeah. um, there's been some goodies. Is there some Scottish in your heritage too? or? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's got to yeah, be something. It's got to be. <laughs> All right, who's the player that you love to smash? 
Uh, oh, that's a toughie. There's a lot. I definitely really value playing against people I know too, and I make it extra sure to like, you know, rub their face in the mud. Um, <laughs> recently, because I've been in New Zealand for so long, and like you play club against the girls that you play Canterbury with. So recently, it's been Pip Love. Love winding her up on the field, just like getting in her head, just chirping a little bit. Um, so I'll say, <laughs> I'll say Pip. <laughs> Sounds good. What's, uh, do you have any rugby superstitions? Oh, I try to get rid of them if I get them. Uh, um, I just, I like to make sure that I have a good pregame dance, um, get some good beats going in the change room and bust out some moves just to like really chill the vibe, but you, not really superstitious necessarily. All right. I, let's, let's, so I, I, I tour New Zealand with my family. You invite us over. What are you spinning on your record player? Uh, 660. Do you know who they are? Nope. <laughs> it's a Kiwi band, so... You'll have to give them a, a check out. But, like, uh, no. What type of music is it? Um, they're kind of like pop rockish, I guess. Oh, or like okay. they call them maybe reggae, but it's not like reggae as you'd think of it. It's like New Zealand reggae. It's kind of okay. different vibes. Um, no, yeah, I don't know. I just listen to whatever's on the radio and top forty. I love good Lady Gaga. Yeah, she's Get that not on the bad. karaoke machine, and that's like me done. What's your favorite Lady Gaga song? Oh, I mean, love throwing it back to Just Dance, like the OG Lady Gaga, but really anything, any Lady Gaga track, I will be be there for it. <laughs> All right, I, I got to throw this out because uh, when people, and, and you didn't do this, but when people tell me their favorite rugby tradition is singing after the first cap, uh, I get them to sing that song. So I'd love for you to sing a little Lady Gaga for us. <laughs> Like right now. <laughs> just to throw you on the spot. I just oh, want to see you know, going. actually, uh, <laughs> my voice is a bit scratchy. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do have to give, we have to finish the questions. All right, that's fair. Yeah. All right, so do you golf? Uh, just recently. Okay. Started, yeah. All right, so three people you would take on a weekend golfing trip. Mm. Could be rugby players. They don't have to be. Could be dead, could be alive. Could be dead or alive, huh? Okay. Uh I feel like I want the Dalai Lama. Ah, that's a good one. Um, I want, I feel like I want, um, mm, I want to say Martin Luther King. Oh, that'd be a good one too. And I want to say... You got to like take a, somebody funny to, to break it up a little bit, I think, now. I think I could, I think I could carry I could that. Be you. <laughs> Do you think you're funny? Okay, no, just me? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, okay, right. Some comedy. Oh, let's see. And like, uh, like a Jim Carrey. A little no, Canadian no, no. Take it back. Melissa McCarthy. Ah, uh, she's good too. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be, that'd be what, that'd a, be, what a bunch. <laughs> that'd be a good group. I don't know how the Dalai Lama would make it. But it'd be yeah, fun. upon review, that's probably the most, like, different group of people but I, I imagine you get along all right, all right. Yeah. who is your childhood I feel like we'd hero? get into some really good life chats that's <laughs> what i'm hoping for who is your childhood hero mm. it's like a, a rugby hero who i really looked up to and it is um megan gibbs and she played for the national team um as like lock flanker eight kind of person and she came to one of the ontario training sessions and like kind of helped coach a little bit and I remember just having that as like my first memory of a, a rugby player that I really looked up to and like idolized 
Um, and I remember I convinced my mom to drive. They had games in Burlington that summer, and I convinced my mom to drive me to the game so we could watch. And um, after the game, I like went up to her and like my mom had to prod me and I remember going up to her and being like can I get a photo with you please <laughs> and um yeah so that would be one of my like rugby heroes growing up would be Megan Gibbs what's the most used app on your phone uh I, the way you're talking about dancing I think it's TikTok but I could be wrong <sighs> no no recently it's been Instagram unfortunately I'm trying to <laughs> trying to quit trying to quit those social media apps but they're hard all right <laughs> chips or cookies Oh, chips for sure. What kind? Salt and vinegar. Nice. All the way. French fries or onion rings? Mm, French fries. French fries or poutine? Poutine. Nice. Favorite beer? Oh, don't drink it. Okay. Any uh, wine, anything like that? Uh, like sometimes I'll have a cider. Okay. I the beer that I can just drink the fastest. That's pretty much the one I go for. <laughs> I don't really pick one out and go. Mm, I'm gonna enjoy this. I just <laughs> would rather not. <laughs> All right. What's a guilty pleasure? Uh, your chips. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Big glass of chocolate milk on the side, or any ice cream. Actually, ice cream. That's like my weakness. My kryptonite. What kind? For sure. Oh. <sighs> Probably like mint chocolate chip is always a good go-to or anything with like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. Peanut butter and chocolate's mine. My wife's mm -hmm. is, my wife's is a mint chocolate chip. I can't, I can't do that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Some people have a hard time with that. They're like, it's too yeah. much like, you know, minty. It shouldn't be a food flavor, you know? I think so. Yeah. What, uh, what series are you binge watching right now? Um, hmm. I recently started watching Love on the Spectrum. Never heard of that which one. Which is, uh, about people with autism and they're kind of like dating lives and so that's been really like heartwarming and wow. just the, the kind of content that I need right now <laughs> uh, but I also do enjoy like a, a Brooklyn Nine-Nine or yeah. like a um, Schitt's Creek or something like that yeah good good laugh fests yeah for sure what's your favorite movie uh, I like Bridesmaids or anything with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler yep Bridesmaids is hilarious. Yeah. All right. Who would play you in the Netflix movie of your life? Oh, I'm hoping Tina Fey, but if she's not available, I will accept Gal Gadot. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Who would play the leading opposite? Oh, uh, <laughs> Anna Kendrick? I don't know. <laughs> okay. And what would the movie be called? Oh, Hmm. Many nicknames to choose from, I think. But yeah, I honestly, the yeah, that's a great one. Mm. <laughs> Canadian Crusher Down Under. There you go. That's good. There you go. <laughs> Who had the biggest impact on you as a player? I mean, there's probably still people that have an impact on you, but helping you get to the national team, getting to New Zealand, you know, working your way through uh, McMaster. I'm sure there's a lot of people, but who are some of those ones that stand out that you, if you could write them a letter to thanks, who are those people? Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Um, like anyone that's helped me along the way deserves a thank you letter. Um, but my 
dad would be a big one for getting me started on rugby and just being so supportive and my mom as well for just getting us to our sports um my grandmother as well she was really involved in our um upbringing and making sure that we were involved in sports and like just you know getting out there um but then also in terms of like coaches um sean allen had a really big impact and um tim Doucette at mcmaster um getting to work with them for a good five years or three years i guess um really helped form me as a player and just like allowed me to develop into the player that i am so i guess those would be um, big ones and then a player that i would say really helped for me would actually be um joe robinson from belleville she um is just someone that i've always like admired and looked up to when i was like starting rugby and she was just yeah great player great club player like great just like in terms of she's coached she was involved she was active yeah so those are the few that i would throw it out to i guess to start it's nice it's real nice i really like this question here let's uh let's do a little uh i guess back to the future but just going to the future let's fast forward it is now 2041 so 20 years after the the 2021 rugby world cup you're you know mid 40s you have a reunion with the girls polishing your medals what do you want those teammates of yours to be saying about you 20 years later yeah i want want them to be saying that i was a good team player and that i put the team first um and that i was selfless and just like made the atmosphere very welcoming and made the team uh, a good place to be. I think as a coach, because I'm a coach now, that's that's what you would want to ask. That's what you'd want all your players to say. So that's awesome. <laughs> How many years do you see yourself left playing rugby? Mm, at least one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if my body allows it, maybe a few more, but at least one. <laughs> see how it goes i guess right yeah we'll see how it goes you never know right you just get one game at a time so but uh this is the world cup after 2021 i mean you're you, what you might be 30 right you still could be plugging for that yeah i mean it's tough because you have to make so many sacrifices to play rugby and to do it at this level and i think I I know that I want to go to this World Cup and then after that I'm going to take some time to reevaluate and see where I go. It's too early to say the R word. Don't want to say that, but um, yeah, don't know when I'm going to hang up the boots. But I've got at least one year left in me of good, good. fight. <laughs> That's exciting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that. So boots are hanging up eventually. We're not talking about it. So you're doing your civil engineering now. It's a Canadian company in New Zealand. Is that where your passion is as an employee? Like, do you see yourself continuing that into the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. I really enjoy the challenges of my job. And I love that I get to learn every day. Like at work, I get to come in and I'm always learning something new about something that I don't quite know enough about. And I'm always asking questions and working with people. And I really love those aspects of my job. And I can see myself really starting to build into that and like get into actual kind of career mode. Um, you know, when you start, you're kind of green and you don't really know things and you're kind of scrambling. But then as you start to like get a little bit of knowledge, 
then you really start to see this snowball effect of then you learn more and then you want to do more and then you want to learn more and then so on and so forth. So yeah, I love what I do and I love the people that I work with. Like it's just every day coming to work, I'm like, yeah, this is great. Like, so <laughs> I consider myself pretty lucky. Well, it's good because you never get bored. There's something different. You have to constantly be thinking. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Last thing, Cindy, any great rugby stories you can share with us? Oof. Throw, throw an old teammate under the bus, throw yourself <laughs> under the bus, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's so many good ones. Okay. So we were U20 Canada tour to England. Um, and so coach at the time was Sandro. And then we had um, Jen Boyd, John Lavery, and Dan Valley as staff on tour. And, you know, U20, it's super exciting. It's your kind of first rugby tour. Um, and so it's like just a really good vibe, really good time. Um, but uh, so we were there. We played against England, South Africa, and the U.S. And so, you know, staff was there to help us out and make sure things were running smoothly. So one of the things that we did was hydration testing. So every morning... You pee in this tiny little cup and then um, they put it into this little device that measures if you're hydrated or not. And so um, that morning it was Dan Valley that was running the hydration machine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He must have drawn the short straw. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, one of the girls decided to be funny to prank him by putting water in her cup and tripping, pretending to trip and spilling the water on him. And so I remember she had like kind of prepped us all saying like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I think it might have been Danny Rob, but don't quote me on that. Um, and so anyhow, she's got this cup of water. It's her turn. She's at the front of the line um, and then just trips, throws the water on Dan Valley. And he's like, oh, ah, like kind of freaking out a little bit. And then she's like, oh, no, just kidding. Like, it's water. Um, so I think eventually he had a laugh about that. <laughs> um so that's, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, generally just like pranking people on tours, like scare cam is like one of my favorite things to try and do, where you just like hide behind the curtains in someone's room and then jump out and freak them out. Um, yeah, so that's pretty good. Um, one story from the field would be I was playing U17 Ontario and we were playing against the U19 team at nationals because um, U17 didn't have nationals, I guess, that year. Um, and I remember we were playing against them and kickoff goes off and I'm like super fizzed up for the game. Like I'm so excited, like on adrenaline, ready to go. First kickoff, the ref blows their whistle to kick off and then kick goes, I chase, the ref had apparently blown their whistle a second time because they didn't start their watch. Um, I didn't hear this. You know, I was in my headgear, running full steam ahead, ready to make that tackle. Um, and it was Maggie Cogger-Orr who caught the ball. And I just come screaming in and flatten her. And <laughs> she's on the other side of that being like, well, like trying to stop me. And I'm just like, nope, it's lights out. And so I just absolutely flatten her. And then I'm so stoked. I was like, I made such a good tackle. This is so good. She stands up over top of me and is like, if you ever do that again, 
I will kick your ass. And she had such a mouth, like just running her mouth at me. And I was like, oh shit, this girl is going to kill me. Um, and then I ended up um, going to university with her. And then we kind of patched things over then. Um, the first day of university, she's like, uh, just so you know, like, I don't hate you. And I was like, super terrified of her. Um, actually, still a little bit terrified of her. But <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that would be another one. I've had a great chat time chatting with you. Um, I, I really enjoy getting to learn about your life and uh, growing up playing rugby and where you are now. And I uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck in the future. And I, I and many other Canadians can't wait to see you on the pitch in 2021 representing Canada and going for the gold there at the uh, Rugby World Cup. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. It has. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Cindy. I had a blast. That was a, that was a lot of fun. Um, huge thanks to you for taking some time out of your day. Uh, she's sitting, it was basically her lunch break and I think she took an extended lunch break. So we had a long conversation and had a lot of laughs and uh, heard a lot of great stories. So thank you very much, Cindy. Truly appreciate that. Want to wish you nothing but the best of luck as you prep for the 2021 Rugby World Cup there in New Zealand where you are. Uh, it's going to be great. You're going to, you guys, you girls uh, rank third in the world right now. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great, a great spectacle. And we're all pulling for you and excited for all of you right now. Coming up next, we got a few other great guests. We got Kyle Bailey coming up next, followed by a Derek Daypuck, Dr. Maria Gallo, Evan Olmsted and I are still trying to nail down a date to chat. Dr. Robert Strang, as I said, and Nick Blevins as well. And then a host of others. So we still have a lot of, a lot of names on tap, uh, which is exciting. Um, just remember though, if you, if you want to request somebody, just let me know and I'll do my best to track them down. Um, I'm starting to get a lot of contacts here that are willing to help find other people. And so if you're interested in hearing from somebody, just let me know. Uh, so thank you listeners. Just keep spreading the good rugby word. As I say, every time um, this is about spreading rugby news for can Canadians and make sure when you hear podcasts or you see one, when I tweet it out or put it on Instagram or the Facebook push it out yourself, like reshare just so other people get a chance to hear this and gain some knowledge of some of these great uh, rugby Canadian athletes that we have. Uh, as always, I got to thank my son, Rylan, for uh, building us our music for the intro and outro. If this is your first pod, my son's 12 years old and he created the, uh, our music on his computer. Um, pretty, he's pretty proud of that. It's pretty neat. Uh, and I'll, as always, feel free to request topics, um, questions you want me to ask, anything like that. I, I, I always look forward to hearing. But until next time, this is Jamie. Stay state. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. It's a Sunday morning while I'm doing this. I'm not quite awake, I guess. Try that one more time. This is Jamie. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sane. And most importantly, keep on rocking.